Hey, baseball fans. I'm Matt Russell, and this is Three Strikes, You're Out, the Baseball History Podcast. This is the inaugural episode of the podcast, and it is All-Star Week. In the spirit of the occasion, I'll be talking about the great All-Star and Hall of Famer, Rod Carew. So let's get to it. Batter up! Rod Carew is a hitting superstar whose career spanned 19 seasons playing for both the Minnesota Twins and the California Angels. Gifted with phenomenal bat control and great running speed, he won the American League Batting Championship seven times, including four years in a row from 1972 through 1975. Only the great Ty Cobb himself had more consecutive batting championships than the man teammates called Sir Rodney. Among his many accomplishments, he was the Rookie of the Year in 1967. He made the American League All-Star team an incredible 18 seasons in a row. He won the American League MVP award in 1977, making a serious run at the fabled 400 batting average for a season. And he is one of the very few players, 32 currently, who have made the 3,000 hit club. Man, this guy is something special. Rodney Klein Carew was born on October 1, 1945, in Gatun, Panama. His parents were Olga Tioma and Eric Carew Sr. He was born while his mother was traveling on a train and was delivered by a nurse named Margaret Allen and Dr. Rodney Klein, who were also riding on the train at the time. In appreciation, Mrs. Carew named her boy Rodney Klein Carew after the doctor. At the age of 14, Carew and his family immigrated to the United States. They settled in the Washington Heights section of Manhattan in New York City. He attended George Washington High School, but never played baseball for the high school team. Instead, Carew played semi-pro baseball for the Bronx Cavaliers, where he was discovered by Minnesota twin scout Monroe Katz. Incidentally, Katz's son Steve played with Carew on the Cavaliers, and he was actually the one that told his dad about Carew. Katz then recommended Carew to another twin scout, Herb Stein, who, along with Katz, signed Carew to an amateur free agent contract on June 24, 1964. Carew, who batted left-handed but threw right-handed, began his minor league career at the age of 18 in 1964, where he was assigned to play second base with the Class A Melbourne, Florida Twins in the Coco Rookie League. He immediately showed his batting talent and hit 325 over the final 37 games of the season. The following season, he was promoted to the single-A Orlando Twins in the Florida State League, where Carew hit 303 with 20 doubles, 8 triples, and a homer. Carew spent the 1966 season still in single-A, but this time with the Wilson Tobbs in the Carolina League, where he hit 292 with 19 doubles. The next year, on April 11, 1967, Rod Carew made his Major League debut for the Twins playing second base against the Orioles at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. His first at-bat came in the second inning against the future four-time 20-game winner, Dave McNally. As a sign of things to come, Carew singled and went 2-for-4 on the day. His first season was a great one, and he hit two ninety-two with 22 doubles, 7 triples, and eight homers in 137 games. This performance earned him the 1967 American League Rookie of the Year honor and the first of his 18 consecutive All-Star Game appearances. 
The following 1968 season was again a good one, where he hit two seventy three with 27 doubles and 12 stolen bases. He again made the All-Star team as a second baseman. But his third season, in 1969, was where his career really took off. Carew became the American League batting champion for the first time with a three hundred thirty two batting average, hitting 30 doubles, 4 triples, and 8 homers, helping the Twins the American League West division title. In fact, for the next 15 years, Carew never hit less than three hundred five, and he often hit for more than three hundred thirty. He even had four seasons where he hit three hundred fifty or more. What an amazing performance! To top off his special breakout third season, Carew had 19 stolen bases. But the really magical part of this stat includes an astonishing seven steals of home, which tied the National League record set by Pete Reiser of the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1946. He stole home for the record-tying seventh time on July 16, 1969. He also came very close to tying the Major League record of eight steals, held by Ty Cobb a month later. In his autobiography, entitled Carew, he talked about his incredible run at this record in 1969. Here are excerpts of his and Billy Martin's strategy. It also contains some interesting insight into how Billy Martin thought and managed. Here's Carew speaking. I also added a new wrinkle to my baseball repertoire at Orlando in the spring of 1969, stealing home. Billy Martin and I talked about my being more aggressive on the bases. Although I stole a lot of bases in the minors, I had stolen only 5 and 12 in my first two seasons with the Twins. He thought the team should put more pressure on opponents than we had. He said I could use my speed to advantage in a game situation in which we needed to run and the guys weren't hitting. I had stolen home once before in the minors. Billy worked with me for hours on stealing home. He suggested I take a slow, walking lead instead of the lead in which you come to a stop. How far I should lead depended on how far the third baseman was playing off the bag and whether the pitcher took a stretch or a wind-up. That walking lead was essential. You'd have momentum already started toward home. We had it time to the split second. If a pitcher wound up instead of pitching from a stretch, we determined that I ought to make it home safely. We also had the batters practice getting in the catcher's way without being called for interference. As long as you give the hitter the sign and he flashes it back to you, Billy said, then he should know that on the next pitch you're coming and he shouldn't swing. And you can't be afraid of being thrown out because that's going to happen occasionally. You have to do it recklessly. In the following excerpt from his autobiography, Carew details his steals of home game by game. Roger Nelson was a lanky right-hander nicknamed Spider because of his long, dangly arms. He was pitching for Kansas City in the second game of the 1969 season. I arrived at third in the fifth inning. We were losing three to two, two outs, and Greg Nettles batting. I took a modest lead, watching the third baseman and watching the pitcher. Spider Nelson went into a big windup, all arms and legs. Nettles took a pitch. I signaled that I wanted to go. Martin and Nettles got the message. When Spider went into his windmill act again, I took off. When Nelson saw what was happening and finally untangled himself, he threw high, and I slid home safely. It was my first steal of home in the major leagues. I couldn't wait to try it again. 
Ten days later, we're playing California. I was on third in the seventh inning. The score was tied, and Hoyt Wilhelm, the old knuckleballer, was pitching. His knuckler takes all day to arrive at the plate. It looked appetizing. I flashed a sign to Billy that I thought I could go. He flashed back an okay. Harmon Killebrew was at the plate. I flashed him the sign. It's a tap on my belt buckle with my right hand. It appeared he answered by tapping his belt buckle with his right hand. Wilhelm started into the windup. I went. I was coming down the line, and I was amazed to see that Harmon was preparing to hit the pitch. If he swung, I'd end up a double down the left field line. Suddenly, out of the corner of his eye, he saw me, and he held back in the nick of time. I came sliding in and beat the knuckleball home. It proved to be the winning run of the game. Eleven days later, I stole home for the third time in April. Two weeks later, I stole home again. It was really getting exciting now. Whenever I got on third, the fans were yelling, Go! Go! The other team's dugout was yelling, Watch him! Hold him on! Everybody was anticipating something. In June, I stole home two more times. I now had six steals of home this season. In the second inning against Chicago on July 16th, I was on third when Jerry Nyman went into a windup. He just forgot I was in the game. His teammates were hollering, Hold him on! Hold him on! Too late. I slid home with number seven. But generally, it was getting harder and harder to go now. Everyone was watching me when I got to third. Pitchers were taking a stretch now instead of winding up. But about a month later against Seattle, I had the opportunity to go for number eight, the record. Skip Lockwood, a right-hander, was pitching. I got a great jump on him, and I slid by the plate as the ball popped into the catcher's mitt. But the umpire called me out. I couldn't believe it. J.C. Martin was catching, and he couldn't believe the call either. He didn't tell me that until the next day. I think the umpire's vision was blocked, so he automatically gave me the thumb. That was my last good chance to steal home in 1969. So, as you can see from these excerpts, Rod Carew was not just a gifted athlete. He was a really smart ball player, too. And Billy Martin? Man, what a baseball mind. I definitely plan on doing a podcast on him at some point in the future. In Carew's fourth season, 1970, he got off to a terrific start and became the first player in Minnesota history to hit for the cycle on May 20th. But on June 22nd, while he was hitting 374, his right knee was severely injured by Milwaukee Brewers first baseman Mike Hegan, who upended Carew in an attempt to break up a double play. Carew was out for the next three months, and for a while, doctors weren't sure he would even walk again. But he worked hard to rehab his knee and returned before the end of the season for some pinch-hitting at-bats. After hitting 307 in 1971, Carew rocketed to four straight batting titles, hitting 318 in 1972, 350 in 1973, 364 in 1974, and 359 in 1975. During this tear, he routinely led or was near the top in hits, doubles, triples, and on-base percentage. In 1976, he shifted over to playing first base, where he stayed for the rest of his career. He again had a great season at the plate, hitting 331, slashing 200 hits, 29 doubles, 12 triples, 90 RBIs, and stealing a career-high 49 bases. 
But in an incredible three-way batting race, he missed winning a fifth batting title in a row to both George Brett, who hit 333, and to Hal McRae, who hit 332. So, just one point had separated each player on the final day of the season. What a fantastic finish. On a side note, this was actually just the seventh closest batting championship in Major League history, believe it or not. In 1949, Ted Williams lost out to George Kell by .0002 of a point. Williams hit 342 with a 7 to Kell's 342 with a 9. Unbelievable. But the following year, 1977, Crew had his signature season. Through July 10th, he was hitting over 400, peaking at an amazing 411 on July 1st and stayed very close to that 400 mark for the rest of the season. He ended the year with an incredible 388 batting average, and again won the batting title. He also led the league with 239 hits, 128 runs scored, and 16 triples. He added a career-high 100 RBI to the mix. For the final icing on the cake, he won the American League Most Valuable Player Award, during that summer, Carew even appeared on the cover of Time Magazine with the caption, Baseball's Best Hitter. In his autobiography, he wrote, I don't know if that description is true, but I don't think anyone ever worked harder for the title. On the topic of flirting with a 400 batting average, I'd like to add this. There have been two other Major League ballplayers since 1978 that have been close. The great Kansas City Royals third baseman George Brett hit 390 in 449 at-bats in 1980. And Tony Gwynn, Mr. Padre, hit 394 in 419 at-bats in 1994. Rod Carew, however, hit 388 in 616 at-bats. That is close to 200 more at-bats than Gwynn in his strike-shortened season, and 167 more than Brett. Whose average is more impressive? Interesting question, right? On top of all his 1977 achievements and accolades, he was the recipient of the Roberto Clemente Award. It is awarded annually to the player who best exemplifies the game on and off the field. Presenting him the award was Commissioner Bowie Kuhn, who said, Fans everywhere are aware of Rod Carew's magic with a baseball bat. Carew's magic, however, doesn't stop with his excellence on the diamond. His many charitable activities in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, especially with youngsters, make him an outstanding choice as this year's Roberto Clemente Award winner. In 1978, Carew hit 333 and won his seventh and final batting crown. But the following year, having become frustrated by the Twins' inability to keep young talent, Carew announced his intention to leave the Twins. He was then traded to the California Angels, where he immediately picked up where he left off and hit over 300 for the next five seasons. He also led the Angels to their first two American League West titles in 1979 and 1982, batting .294 in the ALCS for California. After swatting his 3,000th hit, he talked about the importance of the achievement. When you get in the class with Ty Cobb, with Hornsby, 
With Pete Rose, it means a lot. I was blessed with the ability to hit, with good eyesight, good hand-eye coordination. When I first came up, the Twins expected me to hit 240 and play second base, but I knew I could do more than that. Carew finished his career with the Angels after that 1985 season. His final totals are 3,053 hits, 445 doubles, 112 triples, 353 stolen bases, and a sparkling 328 lifetime batting average. And it bears repeating, he made the All-Star team 18 years in a row. Only baseball greats Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Stan Musial, and Cal Ripken Jr. had more consecutive All-Star appearances. In 1990, he became the 27th player elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. The Hall of Fame's very sacred to me, said Carew at the time. He was also the first player from Panama to be enshrined. In the years since his retirement, his number 29 has been retired from both the Twins and the Angels teams. As a longtime Oakland A's fan who started going to A's games in about 1969, I have some vivid memories of Rod Carew. We went to quite a few A's Twins games. The Twins had a great team with excellent hitters. Some of my favorites were Harmon Killebrew, the killer, Tony Oliva, and Cesar Tovar. But Rod Carew was clearly the superstar. He didn't have the power of Killebrew, but from his crouched over batting stance, he seemed almost impossible to get out. He sprayed the ball everywhere on the field, down the left field line, punching it over shortstop, into the gaps. He was a fantastic bunner. He seemed to be able to hit it anywhere he wanted. I used to hate seeing him come up in the late innings because I knew he would get on and start a rally. He also had a unique style of running. It has been described as, quote, his arms held curiously out to his side as if he were holding onto the rails of an escalator, unquote. But that man could flat out fly, and once he was on first, steals of second and third often came next. He was really an awesome force on the baseball field. A couple of my favorite quotes about Rod Carew come from two of my favorite Oakland A's pitchers who faced him many times during the 1970s. The first is from the great Catfish Hunter, who said, quote, He has no weakness as a hitter. Pitch him inside, outside, high, low, fast stuff, breaking balls, anything you throw he can handle. He swings with the pitch. That is why he's so great. He has no holes, unquote. Carew also mentioned that Catfish was one of those guys he felt he could hit every time for whatever reason, and that is probably why Catfish made that quote. Carew also noted that there was one pitcher in particular that he had trouble with, Rudy May. He said, I had no confidence at all when I faced him. So even the greats have guys they have trouble with. The other quote comes from A's lefty Ken Holzman, another favorite of mine, who summed Carew up perfectly. Quote, he has an uncanny ability to move the ball around as if the bat were some kind of magic wand, unquote. Yes, he truly was a magician with a bat, and one of the greatest hitters of all time. Well, that's it. The first show is in the can. Thanks a lot for joining me on Three Strikes You're Out, the baseball history podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in learning more about Rod Carew, I highly recommend his autobiography entitled Carew. It is a well-written and fun read. 
In particular, I really enjoyed Carew's insights into his favorite players and his views on hitting. Really fascinating stuff. So please join me next time, where Three Strikes You're Out will feature one of my favorite pitchers of all time, Catfish Hunter. See you in the bleachers. Special mentions go out to the following. I would like to thank YouTuber Mr. Runner Holly, look him up, for his permission to use his cover of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Awesome, man. I love it. Also, I have to mention the great internet baseball history resource, Sabre.org. That's S-A-B-R dot O-R-G. Or Society for American Baseball Research. I use this extensively for my shows and really love their well-written and researched articles. I recommend you take a look. You won't be sorry. For show notes and a list of sources I used for the show, or to make a comment, please visit my website, threestrikesyearout.com. That's threestrikesyearout.com. Also, if you get a chance, please review the podcast in the iTunes Store app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Just look up the podcast name, click on Ratings and Reviews, then click on Write a Review. Any feedback would really help. Thanks. Thanks.